Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You know who you are. Y'all know who y'all are who can relate. <laughs> What's up? I am Cola B. Talking, hostess with the mostest of Black in the Garden, and I'm so glad that y'all came to join me today. And guess what? We Black in the Garden. Hey, we Black. Hey, come on, sing it with me. In the Garden. Hey. Thank you so much for that. Wasn't that fun? Speaking of fun, that is exactly what I'm having as I have been on this journey for about five episodes now. And I feel like it's getting better. Do you feel like it's getting better? If you do, let me know. The email address is blackinthegarden at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. So much so that I'm preparing a survey that I'm going to be giving you the link to in the near future. So calm down. I'm going to give you this link to this survey once I get that popping so that you can let me know what's working with you, what's popping, what's resounding, what's not resounding, what you would like to hear or what you don't want to hear. Cause I mean, I care, you know, this is not just for me. It's for us. All right. So I appreciate you so, so much. So let's talk a little bit about collard greens because tis the season. I mean, I know you had your fill on Thanksgiving and I'm sure you also have some leftovers and all that stuff, but there's so much who that humble green is. It is not just relevant for the sake of, you know, it being the season, but it is actually the time, a good time of year for us to be growing collard greens and harvesting them and also giving thanks to the ancestors who came over from Africa and brought those seeds with them on the transatlantic slave trade. So shout out to the ancestors as always. Let's make sure that we bear them in mind. Um, Let's take a little trip down memory lane. Okay. Remember, do y'all remember? I know a lot of y'all are on Twitter. Do y'all remember that one time when a certain gourmet grocery chain who I shall not name because I don't want no smoke, but somebody had said that collard greens would be cute with peanut butter and crushed peanuts on top. And like, child, we, we wasn't having it. It was like, Oh, listen, I needed to apologize. I, and, and to this day right now, I apologize to the ancestors because they did not die for us to be out here putting peanut butter in these greens. Okay. No, ma'am. Oh my God. No, ma'am. No, God, no Jehovah, no Buddha, no Allah. Oshun. The ancestors did not die for us to be doing all kinds of foolish things to these greens. And shout out to those of you who are harvesting your greens. Like right now, I've been seeing pictures all over the gram. Y'all so cute. We, we everything. But I tell you what, and consider this a public service announcement. Let's keep the peanuts and the peanut butter out of our collard greens. Yo, do y'all realize that at this very moment, in this very second that you are tuned in to Black in the Garden, we are literally making Black history. Like we're not waiting for February to make Black history. It is all the time. It is all around us. 365. It's not just in the United States. It's everywhere. Shout out to all of our listeners all around the world. 
salute to you. We are out here setting precedents and we're making black history. And I'm excited. You ought to be excited because you get to participate in that. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what we about to do today. We about to do some dope stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like we are literally not, it's not what you think, not like drugs. I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I'm not here to judge you. This is a safe space. But today we're finally getting into some big male energy with a friend of mine, Jeffrey from DOPE, which stands for Depend on Planet Earth. And he's going to tell you all about it. He's a fellow garden coach. He's also a consultant and he's even a mentor to me. And so I am very much looking forward to getting into this episode, getting into this interview. Are y'all ready? Y'all chilling? You got your sippity sip of whatever you like to sip. Maybe something that you, maybe some herbal refreshment that you like to indulge in. It could be tea. It could be something else. That's none of my business. But here we go. We about to do this thing. So stay tuned. Hey, y'all. Hey, soil cousins. I need to have a word with you. This is a public service announcement about voting because we all need to do it. All right. So we know this is a uh, election year. All right. There's a it's a presidential election, but we need to be mindful of a couple specific things. There are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. All right. So what you need to do is go to ballot ready. That's B-A-L-L-O-T-R-E-A-D-Y.org for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. You can see the whole thing. You need to know what's on there so you don't get in the booth looking cray or just being completely uninformed and leaving some parts blank. Leaving it blank, yo, that's just an opportunity for evil to prevail. And the last thing we need is for evil doing that. So from there on the Ballot Ready site, you can compare your candidates based on their stances on issues, biography or endorsements, and then you can save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. We have options. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote because we need a plan early on or on election day. This election matters. So make sure that you have a plan to vote so that you can vote informed, y'all. And I want to make sure that you understand that it is, you might be unfamiliar with some of the more local positions. That's really what I'm talking to you about. Like, I, I want you to consider that. We know you probably have already kind of made up your mind about who you want to vote for for president. That's your business. But if you are unfamiliar with some of the more local positions, positions, we recommend hosting a ballot party. All right. We can, we can, you know, make it a little bit fun. Get together with your friends over Zoom. Split up the research, you guys, you know, go through your ballots together so that we can be informed about these local positions that matter so much. They control things like who to prosecute and they're monitoring the quality of our drinking water and even the access to some of the spaces that we want to use for community gardening. You know, there's so many things and changes that have happened with polling places and such as a result of COVID. So we just want to make sure, well, I just want to make sure with this public service announcement that my soil cousins are prepared. Go to BallotReady.org and enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. 
So we are here today to interview Jeffrey, who is the man behind DOPE, which stands for Depend on Planet Earth. But I'm not going to spoil the intro because I want Jeffrey to tell us more about that. So hi, Jeffrey. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for joining us. And I really, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I consider you to be a low-key mentor because when I was trying to sort out what I was going to do with my entrepreneurial journey, I did seek your counsel. And funny enough, I was referred to you by your distant in-law, cousin, whatever she may be, Nora. <laughs> So I'm grateful for that. And thank you once again, if I didn't already thank you. That's cool. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Of course. So tell us about DOPE. All right. Basically, DOPE stands for Depend on Planet Earth, like you just said. And it's a company that I came up with because I was an amateur gardener. And I got called by various places in my community to help with their gardens, their community gardens, school gardens, whatever it is, because for some reason, show people a tomato or a carrot or a cucumber, they think you're this gardening aficionado, which I was not at the time. But I said, all right, I'm just going to roll with it. And I, the first place I went was this school a few blocks from my house. And the lady that ran the program was so impressed with me. And I was like, I really don't know why I'm, I'm here. I just, I read a lot and I guess I learned a lot. And I guess I talked a good game because it worked because that was, <laughs> wow. That was three years ago yesterday. Wow. I just realized that. Yeah. That I went. Okay. And where yeah. are you from? You said that you're we're doing things in the community. So let's make sure we know what community you're in. Yes, Savannah, Georgia. Awesome. Yes, I, Savannah. Mm -hmm. And what garden zone is that? Tell us what that that uh, gardening climate. Oh, you put is. me on the spot. Uh. Ed. Oh boy, I'm gonna say eight B because I forgot just that it's hot as hell. <laughs> so that's all I got. I think it's eight B. Seriously, I think it's eight B. So that sounds good. Garden zone, hot as hell. No. Pretty much. I mean, okay. yeah. Well, the reason why, because I have. I'm curious about coastal gardening. Would you consider with Savannah being situated as it is, would you consider that to be like a coastal gardening situation? I mean, it's, it's pretty much on the coast, but the, the only thing about being on the coast is hurricanes. I mean, it doesn't really affect what you're growing uh weather is a strange thing and you, we can't pinpoint it uh it is december 10th today i believe and it's going to be 81 degrees so i didn't oh. anticipate that yes i still have tomatoes growing i have tomatoes that i plan still growing uh-huh did you not get the cold snap that happened a few weeks back i did maybe it was for about 2 days but the tomatoes they they made it through and, and and that's the thing. That's why I say depend on planet Earth. Because you asked me what zone I was in, 
And then there's going to be planning schedules where everyone says you have to have this in the ground by this date, doing this, this, this. And nature makes a way. Nature does whatever it wants to do. And I just told someone last Saturday, they said, hey, when are you going to plant, you know, your spring stuff? I said, when the plants tell me to. So when the crops that I have down right now, when they go to seed or they get ready to go, then I'll start planting everything else. That's the schedule I work on. I work on whatever the plants want to do. I like that. Okay, that is, I, I feel like that's a step beyond organic. You are very much like in tune with the earth. So you're wanting to make sure that you are going according to the whims of, of the mother earth is, is the best way that I can put it. Um, exactly. Yeah. You answered my question that I was going to ask, which is when you started growing. So you're saying that you started growing three years ago? Or you were first uh, visited three years ago? I Truthfully, I, the first thing I grew were tomatoes back in 1991. I was in fifth grade. My mother gave me something to do for the summer. Hmm. Keep me out of trouble. Yeah. And it worked. And looking back, it was the worst. I mean, we used miracle growing all kinds of things. It was a terror. I didn't know what I was doing because <laughs> I was 10. It was terrible. But my grandfather saw me doing it. He saw I was dedicated to it. So he went and brought, he bought, I'm sorry, not brought. He bought, I think, peppers and okra and something else. And he planted something on the side of the house as well. So that's something that he and I did together that worked. And I always had a green thumb growing up. If somebody gave me a plant, I could always keep it going. I mean, when I had a corporate job, they gave me a chia pet and I had they, I had chia pet hair, or excuse me, chia plant for about, I don't know, six, seven months. And everybody would walk by my desk and say, how is that still growing? I don't know. I guess I have the touch. And uh, so. Okay. We're know, not just going to like uh, stroll past the chia pet. Okay. We, we need to pause there for a second because I need to know which chia head did you have? Oh, Scooby-Doo. Okay. Okay. I remember the commercials. Um. Oh my God. Yeah. You just. I wasn't ready for that nostalgia bomb that you just dropped on me because we're children of the 80s. So, yeah, Chia Pet, for some, I can see how that would have been an introductory to gar- an introduction to gardening for some of us. Uh, what, what are we with the. Um, oh, no, no, no. I was a grown man with the Chia Pet. Oh, you was. Yeah, because you were corporate. But I'm. Yeah, I'm I got it at work. To, <laughs> yeah. No, but hear me out. I'm referring to the elder millennials because um, I know we're kind of on the older side of the uh, millennial spectrum. And um, but I understand that you were an adult man who was having a Scooby-Doo <laughs> chip yeah. that was thriving. So yeah. shout out to you for that. <laughs> and so um, let me see. So when you were growing that chia pet, did you ever imagine that you would be uh, a garden coach, garden consultant? No, never. Okay. How never. did you, when did you get to that point where you realized I need to make some money doing this? Uh, all right. Shit's about to get a little real. So bear with me. I'm with uh, you. What ended up happening with me was my mother got very sick. Okay. And very, very sick. And she ended up passing away after dealing with a three-year illness and i said i maybe i should make some changes in my life so i I bought a juicer cool 
and about all this fruit in the world and I started juicing. And as I started juicing, I started reading into the benefits of juicing and what it does. And I said, all right, cool. And then I said, maybe I should stop eating all of this crap that I'm eating. So I cut out McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's and all of that. The and then I said, hey, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then I said, all right, maybe I should try to introduce more natural and organic things into my diet. I started doing that. And I read up again and did more and more research. And then I had a flashback to when I was 10 and I said, maybe I should grow some things. Went to Home Depot, spent $300 on seeds and organic soil and raised beds and not knowing what the hell I was doing. Literally put entire packets of seeds in the ground. Oh, no, you didn't. And I was like, cool. Yeah, man. Can't wait to have, you know, pounds and pounds of tomatoes and didn't get a thing. Like, I think I got maybe three beans. You did it. Which was right before I had so at this point. I started a compost bin as well. And I had people from church giving me things for my compost bin. And as I'm asking for these things to compost, then uh, one of my church members says, hey, um, there is a school down the street and they can use help with their garden. And I'm looking at these three beans that I grew the entire summer like, okay, whatever. And next thing you know, I'm telling kids how to grow food and I'm growing more and I'm learning from the kids and they're learning from me. And I said, you know what? This is what I need because this is something I actually love to do and I'm getting better at it. And I'd love to share this with the world. And that's how we ended up here. That's the short, long version of a long, short story. That was a good story. That is a beautiful origin story. And there is so much to unpack there because you you recognize some things about yourself. You had an awakening. You were like, ooh, need to cut out the shit from my diet. Okay, so staying yeah, away from fast yeah. food. And then you were like kind of rearranging yourself to figure out what could I eat that would be better for me? And, you know, you were kind of going through these steps where you ended up coming back to something that basically you got to give credit to grandma for for setting you up with that in the first place, just trying to keep your little black ass out of trouble. It's my mother, my mother, and my grandfather. Shout out to my grandmother too. She was dope. Okay. But yes, my mother and my grandfather. Your mother yeah. and your grandfather. My bad. But shout yes, out ma'am. to you for sure. Because here we are. So I'm I'm glad that we are here. And so, okay. So you help new gardeners, right? So new gardeners, established gardeners, anybody, anybody that gardens, period. Because I mean, if you think about it, we're all new. Because every year we probably choose something new to grow that we've never grown before and you need help and all that good stuff. Sorry to cut you off, but no. yeah, anybody, yeah, we garden. It's fine. I mean, you've been out there in the community and you know what? <laughs> I got to give you a shout out for your community service award that you recently received, the Curtis B. Cooper Senior Community Service Award. Uh, you received that right at the top of the month. And um, how did you feel when you received that? <laughs> uh, I got it from my fraternity. At, not because I was pissed off. Um, not because well, I didn't. I, I don't. I, yeah. I was pissed off because I'm grateful and I'm thankful that I received the award. But being honest, that I don't strive for awards. I wasn't trying to get any awards. Uh, once again, I'm still thankful, thankful and grateful that I got it. But since I was nominated for two awards, I kind of wanted another one oh. that I didn't get. 
Yeah, I was, yeah, so I was kind of pissed off. Okay, Kanye. So you did but not I, get the award yeah. that you were shooting for. You didn't interrupt anybody's speech, did you? No, no, no. I actually just sat there mad. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Shout the out your fraternity. Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. I believe you are the first alpha to join us on Black in the Garden. And so, you know, definitely shout out to uh, the Black Greeks out there because we got love for all of the the people doing wonderful Black excellence related types of things. And I know that community service is a pillar of uh, fraternities and sororities, you know, community service yes. organizations. Yeah. And you got an award and then you was mad. So that... <laughs> But, but here's because I don't I don't do the things I do for recognition. Right. I do it because it needs to get done. Plain and simple. Stand and on the humble. You want to be. So, the, I mean. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Because it's true. So you don't you know. do it for recognition. I I wanted to also ask you because I understand I do understand that and I appreciate. <clears throat> excuse me. Your humility. Would you consider yourself to be an activist? I try not to put labels on myself, but if everyone wants to call me an activist, I'm not going to say no. Okay. And I the reason why I asked you that is because I, I've come to understand that growing our own food, especially for people of color, especially in America, it could be a revolutionary act because of the fact that we are, it's easier for the powers that be to have us to be dependent upon the food in the system that it is already, you know, kind of pumping it out to us, you know, chemicals mm -hmm. included. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, uh, would you, could you speak on your philosophy as an organic gardener? Why, why is that important to you? It goes back to my mother again. And right before she passed, she was literally pumped with drugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you go to the doctor and they're prescribing this and this and this and this and this and this and this, and she's taking like drug cocktails. I gave her a cup one time with her pills and her medicines in it. And there were, I think four pills and she just downed them all at one time. And at the time I was thinking, okay, it's going to help her. This is what she needs. And then she ends up dying, which I mean, we all have to die. It's a part of life. I get it. But quality of life. And that's, believe it or not, I get hit with that so many times. Because people call me, I don't know, nature guy, plant guy, whatever. They ask me all these questions. Oh, you're a vegetarian? I'm not a vegetarian. I still eat meat. <laughs> I just say I don't eat. I, I do. I, I had steak last night. There's just a lot of places I don't go and I don't eat or I try not to anymore. Like, I love McRib. So when McDonald's has McRib, I'll get about two McRibs. Let's keep it real. And I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I love it. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it is, but I love it but I'm not going to go to McDonald's on the regular. Right. And, you know, I, I tell people like, don't eat that shit. It's terrible <laughs> for you. Oh, whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. But and the McRib I is back. <laughs> it, I, I have a McRib is back t-shirt. Like, I love McRib. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I, I have Graves disease and I have to take a synthetic hormone every morning, which I absolutely hate because I hate taking pills and I hate taking medicine mm -hmm. because I see that we have become so dependent on it. Yeah, and you try to tell people, "Hey, don't do this, do this," and they look at you funny. And I, I have a friend. I'm not going to call any names. I hope she's not listening, mm -hmm. but she has terrible sinus issues. She's always had these sinus issues. And I said, "Hey, 
why don't you try some herbs? And I recommended some herbs. And she was like, well, I don't know if that's going to work. And I said, hell, everything the doctors have done for you so far has not worked. So why wouldn't you try it? Yeah. Like, take a chance. Because medicine is nothing but um, a plant-based solution produced for the masses. It's just that simple. I mean, herbs are the OG pharmaceuticals, really. And, you know, yeah. those who really know what time it is, they they definitely, you know, they get into the herbs when it's time to get their health right. They get into their tinctures. And I mean, shout out to the herbalists. We will definitely be talking with an herbalist in an upcoming episode, but your friend should listen to you. That's all I'm saying. She should listen to this podcast. I'm sure that she understands that you're coming from a place of love. Does she understand that? I hope so. I mean, I'm kind of an asshole at times, but I mean, <laughs> well, for everybody. I mean, <laughs> let's just really be real here. Yeah. And I, I gave my aunt, I gave my aunt a tomato that I grew. And she's like, I don't know about this. And I was like, what? She's like, it's not red yet. I said, it's not supposed to turn red. And she was like, I still don't know. And I'm like, first of all, I'm your nephew. Second, I grew it. Why wouldn't you trust me? But it's just, we have to get people out of that mindset because I I think it was, yeah, this past summer, I grew 13 different tomato types. Mm. And people are like, I didn't know there were 13 different tomatoes because the grocery store doesn't show you that. They basically give you what they want you to have. Yeah. And they're pretty. You can go, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty. And God knows where they came from. I have an experiment with the, with the kids that I work with where I take an apple and I roll it across the floor. And then I roll it again across the floor. And I say, all right, who wants this apple? And they all say, oh, no, I don't want that. I said, well, when you go to the grocery store, that's pretty much what you're dealing with. Because you have no idea where your food came from, whose hands have been on it, or how long it's been there. That is so, such a rude awakening that you're giving these kids. That's kind of rude, but I, I feel where you're coming from because you're getting the point across. Yeah, I mean, I I talk with I talk to the kids about death, and they got scared. They're like, "No," but the dope part, no pun intended, was at the end of my lecture. I explain I explained to them what a heart attack was as best I could, and okay. basically, your heart has these pipes, and the pipes get clogged, and food can either clog them or unclog them. So at the end of my lecture, I said, "Food good, yeah." Heart attacks bad. Boo. And it worked. They realized what I was talking about. And so okay. as positive reinforcement, every time I see the kids, I walk through the hallways, I walk in the classroom, and I give them high fives to let them know that I'm there for them and I care for them. Even though I might have scared them, I didn't mean to. It was only to to help them learn things that they might not learn on the regular because I'm not a teacher. I'm just a volunteer that goes in there. But I'm going to keep it real with them because as they say, I know it's cliche to say children are the future, but they are. And I want them to have what I didn't have growing up. Yeah. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Do that. So <laughs> you're you're how can you're you say that it. without laughing and thinking of coming to America? Like, let's be honest here. But I literally you didn't think of, you didn't think of Randy Watson? I I am <laughs> quoting Randy Watson. Um right. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you who wrote that song. I know Whitney Houston Whitney sang Houston. it, right? Oh damn, that's a good point. Yeah. Gosh, ooh. But huh. you know, the that. difference between the singer and the songwriter can definitely be in an element in in a song that you are jamming to. So that's why I say I don't know yeah. who wrote that song. I know who sang it. But when I quote that song, 
I am actually quoting Randy Watson because yes, yes, I don't blame you. Yeah, we we black in the garden out here, so <laughs> the references must reflect that. So wow, um, yeah, but do that because you're 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 teaching the kids and they need to be taught and they do need somebody to keep it real with them. I mean, hey, that's why why lie to the kids? Why just pump their heads full of Santa and tooth fairies? and not just let them know what's really happening out here in the world. So that is totally positive. So teaching the kids is easy. Teaching the adults, that's the hard part. Okay. And what what are your biggest challenges when it comes to adults versus dealing with the kids? Can you give me an example? Skepticism. Complete skepticism. Mm. I mean, nobody believes. It, it's very, I told my uncle, yeah, it's organic. And his response, and I'm not hating on my family at all. So don't make it seem like I don't, I'm just dealing, showing you how it comes, how things come across. And it's like, hey, I'm an organic gardener. He's like, well, nothing's really organic because and I'm just like, oh, shit, here we go. So now he's a purist. <laughs> All right. Right. Exactly. I'm, I, I'm like, I try, and I tell people, I try the best that I can. I yeah. don't use chemicals and I, I try, damn, give me a break. <laughs> you really? Know? Really? And so yeah. you, in being an organic gardener, I really was looking forward to asking you about the ecosystem that you create in your garden, because looking Mm -hmm. at your page um, and your depend on planet earth on Instagram, your page, Mm -hmm. you have all these pictures of flowers and herbs, and it looks like you let uh, a lot of your herbs and things go to seed. And and I'm seeing pictures of the insects and I'm assuming, because I'm looking at a picture of a ladybug right now, let me see what this thing is. Something that looks like a, a beneficial kind of a wasp. Tell us more about the ecosystem that you create to balance things out so it is easier for you to not use so many pesticides and things like that. Okay, yeah. So everything works uh, with each other, for lack of a better term. And I said that horribly. I probably should have thought that out before I said it, but whatever. So here's how it goes. Okay. Case in point, let's say, what am I working with now? Um, I can't think. Uh, okra. Cool. That's easy because I grew okra for the first time this summer. And I hate okra until I grew it. And okra is pretty damn dope, to be honest with you. No pun it's intended. Lit. Yeah, I mean, okra is good as hell. Have so, you tried to bake I, it before? Roast it? No. What? No. no. I, I, yes, I have roasted it. But I ended up chopping it up and ro- um, sauteing it. With a little olive oil and beans that I grew because uh, we're going to get back to the ecosystem too. Yeah. What is the thing about okra that people hate the most? Do you know? Slimy. Yes. Do you know what that sliminess is good for? Well, see, I know some some grown female things that it's good for because it is good for our, our reproductive system and keeping our juices moving down there. So I I believe that that much is true. But what you got? See, now I learned something new. So that is called mucilage. And what that does is it carries cholesterol out of the body. So if you have high cholesterol, if you get on a, an okra diet, not saying you eat 100% okra, that's going <laughs> to lower your cholesterol levels. Mm. And... Because another thing, and I'm jumping from place to place here, is when I was growing up, I was always told, eat this because it's good for you. And I was like, all right. But no one ever explained what it's good for or why it's good for me. Right. And so, yeah, it's just eat this. But no one can explain why. So everything that I grow has a nutritional benefit 
that I try to tell people about. All right. We eat this okra because it carries cholesterol out of the body, removes cholesterol from your body, and that makes you less prone to have a heart attack, hopefully, because it's clearing out your arteries. So everything that I grow, I try to explain, well, I do this because of this. Um, I told the brother Saturday, he's like, what you got there? I said, rosemary. What's that good for? Well, you can season your food with it, but it also helps, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with your memory from what I've been told. It, it, it stimulates your memory. Yeah. So I, I read a lot and I look up a lot because I don't want to bullshit people. I don't want to be the person that says, oh, this is good for this. So I'm saying this and because people won't start to believe you. Yeah. And once again, my aunt got sick. She got a cold a few weeks ago. And I said, all right, I cut her some thyme, some mint and a little piece of stevie. I said, here, make you some tea, sweeten it with this. And the next day she said, hey, it worked. And I said, I know because I gave it to you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to bullshit you. Yeah. <laughs> That skepticism is real. Yeah, and it, oh you God. have to you have to show people. So, based on that and skepticism, I am a big proponent for butterflies and bees. And it goes back to the kids again. We would have bees in the garden, and they would run and they would scream because bees have a terrible reputation of stinging people. And I stand there. I will stand there and let the bees fly around me. I have not gotten stung ever. No, I've never gotten stung, especially not. And I'm in the garden a lot. Yes. And excuse me. So what I try to do is plant flowers to attract beneficial insects, bees, butterflies, moss, because they carry the pollen from flower to flower. And we would not have certain foods if we didn't have that cross pollination, i.e. tomatoes, tomatillos, cucumbers, basically any plant with a flower. So I attract the flowers to bring uh, the bees and the butterflies. And we want to put things down to attract ladybugs because ladybugs eat aphids. Is it aphids? Aphids? I don't know. A-P-H-I-D-S. Don't get me started. We could argue about that all day. I say aphid myself. Yeah, who knows? I don't even even know what I say. (laughs) But ladybugs eat. I think ladybugs eat like, what, 70 a day or something like that? So they keep them at prey. It's just everything works in itself. Checks and balances. And if I can try to keep exactly. Mm-hmm. And we have a um a butterfly, um, what's the word I want? A lack of butterflies in the world, for lack of a better term. That's the best thing I could think of because Shortage. we're not planting enough flowers. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, we're not planting enough flowers. <laughs> so I will plant as many as I can to get butterflies to come and to get bees to come because we need them. Because we need the food. And I let my plants go to flower, not only for the bees and the butterflies, but to drop seeds. Um, mm-hmm. I had a very nice lady, Miss Donna, and I follow her on Instagram. She sent me some b- 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 pot choy. I call it two pot choy because I do too. Head. I yeah, literally, it's funny too, right? oh my God. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I just grew pot choy for the first time. And I was like, oh, I have two of them. And then I was like, Tupac Choi. Wow, great minds. <laughs> great minds. Yeah, twins. She probably had two pots. Get it? Two <laughs> pots. I know what you <laughs> I know where that came from. Right. That was a biggie reference. Uh, it was big, yeah. Yeah. yeah Brooklyn's fine. Yeah. I'm here. Right. Don't be for recognizing that. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I mean, you're so, welcome. Right. <laughs> wow. Back to the Tupac Choi. Okay, so Miss so, Donna. Yeah, she sends me a gang of seeds and the Tupac Choi, I grow it. 
and it goes to flower instantly because it's hot as hell in Savannah. And I let it go to seed and I cut the seeds. I cut them, I cut them, I cut them. And then I harvested the seeds. And I have a pack of probably, I don't know, because uh, these seeds are very, very, very small. I'm going to say, I'm going to estimate gross, gross estimation. I have about a thousand Tupac Choi seeds. Mm. And I planted some more this year. And I realized I have these seeds for life. Like I am never going to need these seeds ever again. And that's the point I've gotten to, I think. Now, I brought seeds for about two years, two to three years straight. Mm -hmm. And now I seed save and collect the seeds from everything that I've gotten. You collect so your own, that's a really you source good your feel. own seeds. Well, they yeah, because they do it, the plants do it for you. They do. It's a yeah, circle of they life. They you. want to continue exactly. their, you know, their lineage. And so they produce seeds. And yeah, that's what that's what they're for. So you have a it's lifetime. Nature supply. sperm bank. What's that? Yeah. I never it's nature sperm bank. Look. You think, you know, that sperm is, bank no, I love that. Go, I was yeah. I wanted to laugh at that, but I was also like, you know what? <laughs> You stupid. <laughs> I'm right. You're like, yeah, damn, he's right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Nature's sperm bank. Wow. We just, oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I, I would, okay, let me get myself together. So I am just, I'm loving all of this. And I definitely want to, uh, I want to have you back when it is growing season to give us some like you know live and direct from savannah and you know just giving us some tips to make sure that we are you know getting our gardens popping and flourishing and taking advantage of this uh sperm bank that nature has provided for us so would you be down for that yes because here's the thing for me i grow year round you do i grow all year i grow all year round mm -hmm. because okay. we have to eat all year round don't we we do. And so that I want to ask you uh, the last question that I want to ask to wrap up the interview, mm -hmm. which is, can you give us some tips on what we can be growing in the winter? Because I know there's a misconception for some people that they just think it's cold outside. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'll wait until the spring. Mm -hmm. Give me your top three gotcha. winter garden edible, you know, things to grow. Cool. Uh, number one would be romaine lettuce because it's easy. And you can just crop off the leaves when you want a small salad and it grows again and again. True. Collard greens, same thing. You get a collard greens actually work best when they have a tad bit of frost to them. They get the leaves become a little bit sweeter. So we got yeah. lettuce, we've got collard greens, uh-huh. Lettuce, collard greens, and top three. I don't want to Oh, they're so easy to grow. I would, uh, wow. Two more, two more. Oh, you put me on the spot. Because there's certain things that I grow that I don't like, but they're also easy to grow. Just because you winter, don't like them don't mean with... that you shouldn't tell us. Yeah, you're right. Kale. You start kale. Oh, you was going to hate kale on kale. great in the winter. I can't, it, I, it, yeah, me and kale don't get along. And I'm growing two different types, but we just don't get along. Which types we, are you growing? You growing Black home. Magic? No, but that's a dope name, and I'm going to look into it. Uh, I am growing a red scarlet and a Tuscan. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, black magic kale is definitely a thing 
because um, one of the previous guests on the show, uh, Stephanie Hicks from Seed Mail, she does offer that. And I want to verify that by the time I publish so I can put that in the show notes. But yes, Black Magic Kale, like, you know, Black Magic anything, really, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I'll grow it. I won't eat it, but I'll grow it. (laughs) You was going to hate on Kale. You was really going to sit there and not give Kale her tins. Wow. Um, Not my thing. And okay. carrots. Carrots the last one I'll pick. Carrots yes. will be my uh make my top five because they grow underground. So yeah. You, carrots, did you say beets? Kale. Hell no. What <laughs> no. what did you say carrots? Yes, I said carrots. Yes. Okay, my bad. I just had a little uh, little good. um interruption on my end. So carrots. Oh you can yeah. grow beets as well in the wintertime. I just don't like beets. No, I'm good. You're not eating them right. The beets need to be roasted. Uh, I promise you. I, I promise. No, I'm good. If you just would try. No. Just no. one try. Roast some beets. Get no. you a good recipe. Season them well. Mm-mm. And they are Mm-mm. bomb. But you need to roast the beets. No. You need to slice them and Mm-mm. roast them and season them. Uh-uh. You can do that all day long. I sure will. I'm not touching them. All right. Well, <laughs> we can agree to disagree. Yes, ma'am. And that's totally fine. So, okay. Tell us where we can find you on the internet. Like, can we, if you, if you can offer us some advice or your services, where do we need to go to find dope depending on planet earth? Number one, my website, I know it's a lot to type, but I pay for it every month. So I need people to go. That is www.dependonplanetearth.com. No spaces. I am also on Instagram. I believe that's also dependonplanetearth.com. You can find me on Facebook if you want to. Depend on no, dependonplanetearth.com is not on Instagram. Sorry. It's just depend on planet earth. Yes. The Facebook page is depend on planet earth. And I don't have do I have a Twitter page? I just talk shit on Twitter about hip hop and wrestling. So what? I don't talk too much gardening. Yeah. So Okay, so we'll Twitter leave it to the gardening is, things for now. Yeah, yeah forget that. <laughs> I appreciate you so much for taking this time and, you know, getting through whatever technical difficulties we had in the beginning. Hey, it is all good. It worked. Thank you so much. And I wish you love, light and soil. That was a good black time. I hope that you can agree with me. I had a ball talking with Jeffrey. So glad that he got to come through. Looking forward to having him back when, you know, when it's hot outside, when it's hot as hell, as he liked to say. Uh, So now I got a few questions for y'all. Okay. Just help me out. I just want to know a few things. Okay. Are you listening? All right. So first question, are you using the black in the garden hashtag, particularly on Instagram, where you can find me on Instagram at Black in the Garden. That's it, at Black in the Garden. I was going to say the email address, but I'm getting there. Okay. So, are you using the Black in the Garden hashtag? If not, why not? I just want to see what y'all are doing. Like, I just want to be able to know that y'all are really enjoying yourselves being out here in the garden as the Blacks. That's it. Uh, also some other options, soil sister, hashtag soil sister. That's S O I L S I S T A. Cause that's how we do it. 
hashtag soil sister for the soil sisters. Use that. Uh, are you using, uh, my, my fellows, are you using hashtag botanical brothers? That's botanical. You know how to spell it. B-R-O-T-H-A-S. Or without the S. I mean, are you using... Use the hashtag so we can engage, so we can talk with each other, so I can shout you out, so I can feature you on the Instagram. I mean, there's other platforms like Twitter and Facebook. There's a lot happening to get this show popping and running off the ground. So I'll get to those. But for now, we're primarily focusing on Instagram and just need to get them hashtags popping. Also, hashtag Monsterabu, because I know so many of us have our booze that are Monsteras. And I want to see those because I love those. So hashtag Monstera Boo for all the houseplant enthusiasts. I know like half of y'all have some. You're probably sitting next to it right now. So shout her out by using that hashtag. If you would like to speak with me personally and directly, there is an email, blackinthegarden at gmail.com. I mean, even if you're interested in being on the show, I'm not entirely opposed to that, but you need to holler at your girl and let me know what's on your mind. So just shoot me that email. If you or someone that you know would be a good guest for Black in the Garden, the only qualifying factor is that they Black and they Garden. That's like, that's literally it. Now the rest, we'll sort that out, but just email me first and we'll figure it out from there. And make sure that you're subscribing subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so by now. If you made it this far, you might as well be subscribed because you listen to the whole thing. So, bro, like, what are you doing? Also, like, share, post, share some more. Like the Instagram. What did I say? No, not like the Instagram. Follow the Instagram, okay? And tell all your boos to follow as well. Tag them on the post because this is for us. I mean, Solange said it best. It's for us. All my niggas in the whole wide world. Love y'all so, so much. And thank you for tuning in to Black in the Garden. Hey, love, light, and soil, y'all.